Welcome to First Turn, where we play board games for the first time and discuss our immediate reactions. It's like book club, but for board games. I'm Eric, and with me is Kiwi and BP. Hello! Hi! Today we're going to be playing Star Wars The Outer Rim, designed by Corey Kanitska of Twilight Imperium, Star Wars Rebellion, Star Wars Imperial Assault, uh, and other Fantasy Flight... Oh my god, all the Fantasy yeah. Flight games. Yeah, basically, if it's a Fantasy Flight game, he's had his hand in it. Uh, and Tony Fanchi. The artists, there's like 40 of them, but they include Darren Tan of Fantasy Flight Games. Uh, he did the cover art and some other art. It is published in 2019 by Fantasy Flight Games. The description is, In Outer Rim, you take on the role of an underworld denizen, setting out to make your mark on the galaxy. You'll travel the Outer Rim in your personal ship, hire legendary Star Wars characters to join your crew, and become the most famous or infamous outlaw in the galaxy. But it won't be easy since the warring factions of the galaxy roam the outer rim, hunting down the scum that have proven to be a thorn in their side, and the other scoundrels looking to make their mark as you see a perfect target to bring down to, bring down to bolster their own reputation. Do you have what it takes to survive but in the outer rim and become a living legend? The mechanics are dice rolling, modular board, pick up and deliver, trading, and variable player powers. So we all get to pretend we're Han Solo? Uh, we get to pretend like we're somebody like Han Solo, but Han Solo is potentially someone you could hire. We're all our own, like... Han Solo-esque. Backworld. Everybody we're, wants to be Han Solo. We're the Dash though. Rendars of the story. Yeah, we're the, yeah, we're the Dash Rendars. Nobody, nobody's heard of us, but <laughs> maybe somebody has. We're just a cheap Han Solo knockoff to make more money. Yep. <laughs> yep. Got to have another character so we can make another Star Wars game. All right. And the box art is, speaking of Han Solo. BP, please describe the box art. There you go. Uh, it is a very uh, movie picturesque okay. uh, with the Millennium Falcon. Okay. All right. Uh, That's a good start. Right slap dab in the middle. Uh, it's definitely got, like, from the movie, the lasers coming out and something's getting blown up behind the Millennial Falcon. And then you've got all these other ships. You've got, I think those are TIE Fighters. Oh, all right. Look Nailed at me it. go. Yeah. Look at me go. And they're flying through an asteroid belt. So yeah, very you're... much like that one time he had to fly through an yep, asteroid belt. Empire Strikes Back. Where you, one of my The favorites. chances of survival is only 3,827 to 1. Uh, I mean, this. aside from the actual uh, Star Wars... Um, trademarks on there uh it pretty much looks just like a movie poster would yeah i uh for for me it looks more like a which do look movies but like the kind of art that they had on the front of a lot of the uh extended universe novels this is what it reminds me of. but those were also very like movie focused fo like movie poster-esque type mm. covers but i read a, a lot of those books growing up so uh i guess yeah eric would would you pick it up um yeah this was on my list i mean it's star wars <laughs> and also it's supposed to be of like an open uh what do you call it sandbox style um yeah. like trade game and it's like the underworld which i like so um yeah yeah, it says Star Wars. I'm picking it up. And yeah, and the idea of you, because like a lot of Star Wars games, you play the, you know, the characters that are in the movies and everybody knows those characters. I, I like the idea of the game is it's set in that universe, but you get to see, you get to play somebody else mm -hmm. that isn't like, you know, famous. Yep. 
or super powerful. You're just a person trying to get by. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is interesting to think about, like, especially as Lucasfilms in general have now, I mean, I guess they've always, not always been, but they've been with Disney a while, but then with the whole Disney Plus and everything, I mean, I just feel like uh, Lucasfilms and the Star Wars genre has definitely expanded to provide uh the general viewing audience, if you will, with various different options yeah. than our. They're bringing in a lot of what used to be in the books and comics and the other content that most people didn't get to. Like the Mandalorian is is very geared towards those people. So it's it's nice that more people get to experience like that part of Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, I think that the shows are geared towards a larger audience. But yes, like they're they're introducing again gen more general audiences into yeah i mean the great thing about those shows too is like you know the movies are kind of one-off things and maybe they call back to other portions mm -hmm. of other movies but the you know what star trek really had going for it was it had so many shows that it was able to like bring in so many different elements because you had so many different planets you could mm -hmm. go to and different things that you could look at and it really expanded the universe like really big and they had that opportunity with the movies for Star Wars, you really don't. But now that they have these TV shows between the the Clone Wars and Rebels, the cartoons, and then Mandalorian, and then what do they have in the future? They've got oh, I don't know. Uh, I think Ahsoka is one. So Ahsoka Tano is mm -hmm. going to have her own show. The Book of Boba is going to come out. So we're going to have a show on Boba Fett. Uh, we got season three of Mandalorian, which I think is supposed to start filming here in a little bit. But those like shows are really expanding out, and we're mm -hmm. getting to see more that we didn't get to see in the movies. So, yeah. Anyway, so to the game, would I pick it up off yeah. the shelf? I am not as big of a Star Wars fan as the two of you, but obviously pick her out. I, I love Star Wars though too. Just like, I mean, I grew up with it just like everybody else. Uh, uh, so I guess I never answered that. You Probably didn't, not. You. Uh, so how do you guys think it's played? BP. Oh, um, I okay. I, although I am intrigued that I get to pretend to be a a, a scoundrel, and I feel like I'm going to have pretend. to channel a yeah. lot of mm -hmm. yep. this. This game was very specific to to BP. <laughs> so you're really going to have to stretch her her my gameplay ability chops and sandbox. I, I remember technically we it didn't say that. I said that, so I could yeah, very yeah. well okay. be wrong. Uh, we so got we dice got rolling, dice, modular board, modular, pick up, deliver, trading, trading. We're going to have probably have a spaceship, right? You got to have a spaceship. Okay, right, right. And variable player powers. I'm assuming those are the people we're hiring are going to have those because it did sound very much like yeah, we're we gonna... can hire these people. So I'm assuming like those people will give us that, those variable yeah. Or powers. it could be the spaceship as a character, different powers of mm. spaceships, which I'm very much hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> Um, pick up and deliver. So, so I think we're going to be doing the, the smuggling thing, right? We're going yeah, to pick smuggling. up stuff yeah. and try to smuggle it. We're going to have, you know, the empire trying to get in our way. We're going to have our competitors, which is you fuckers. Like, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. That escalated real yeah, fast. Well, fast. we're scoundrels. Dice rolling. We're going to roll dice. Okay. Is that going to tell us like our movement, like how far we can go on our delivery I'm sure stages? It's a roll I'm guessing. Move, BP. I'm sure it's a roll and move. <laughs> Rolling moves. I always want there to be, and there never is. Uh, I'm guessing dice, because okay, it's fantasy flight, so we're probably talking weird dice. They're, they're never weird dice. They're just always d8s with stuff on them. Yeah, they got they're weird just not symbols. Your standard. Yeah. yeah. 
So I'm guessing it's going to be like dice rolling to resolve. I bet like you get like a challenge or something, you know, mm. you get boarded or, or um, you know, yeah, you, you got to dump the your cargo. And then uh, obviously the player who makes the most money smuggling and can retire on yeah. Tatooine. Well, nobody wants to retire there. If there's a place that's furthest from the center of the galaxy, Tatooine well, is Well, actually, a- maybe I was going to say Tatooine would be like the Arizona of Star Wars, but I guess everybody retires here. So maybe it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the quote that uh, I think Luke says to Han right before they are about to get thrown in the Sarlacc pit. Luke's not very good on his galactic geography, though. <laughs> okay. All right. So this is going to be a lot like Princess Bride, where it's just going to be a yes. lot of Star Wars quotes. Nice. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so... So we don't need the rules because we already know how to play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but oh. we do need a history lesson. Yes, we do need a history lesson. So, Eric, the history of Tatooine. No, uh, so, well, partially. So the Outer Rim, right? You know, what do you think the Outer Rim is, BP? Um, uh, the Outer Reaches of the Known Universes. So, with, with the formation of the Galactic Republic, galactic expansion occurred along trailblazing new hyperspace routes emanating outwards from the core worlds. Those are those are in the center yeah, of the universe. So the core, so it's yeah. it's the core is where all the money is. Um, and then the hyperspace routes are basically safe ways to travel throughout the galaxy. So colonists headed out towards the outer rim in search of opportunities for a better life. Owing to like economic Arizona. and legal well, mm, you'll see the, the comparison in a second. Owing to economic and legal restrictions, coupled with political repression, many chose to live beyond the civilizing grasp of the core. Navigational beacons set up by Republic survey teams aided travelers heading towards the galactic periphery. Many settlers left the overpopulated core and colonies to make lives for themselves, hoping to earn credits and make a future. Following the great hyperspace disaster, the Outer Rim was affected by the emergencies forcing Republic to blockade hyperspace routes into the Rim, which impacted many worlds in the region, damaging their economic status. Several years before the Clone Wars, those in the Outer Rim eventually came to believe themselves victim of economic and social injustices. Harassed by numerous... Go ahead. I have a question. Sure. Can we back up to hyperspace... Routes? No, like, so there was an emergency... So the emergence, so there was a great hyperspace disaster, which disrupted travel. And then the emergencies, which I didn't look into. I don't know what those okay. are, but they're okay. bad and they affected they're the bad. outer rim. Okay. Okay. So that's what we want to know. Something bad happened and people are basically stranded from their connection to the rich people. Well, they blockaded. So yeah. So basically okay. they were left on their own out there. Yeah. Um, screw those people. So several years before the Clone Wars, those in the Outer Rim eventually came to believe themselves victims of economic and social injustices, harassed by pirates and lacking protection from the federal military. The monolithic trade federation was slowly encroaching on the Outer Rim. Um, And this precipitated the separatist crisis, which would leave thousands of world bailing on the Republic and joining the Confederacy of Independent Systems, uh, which broke out into the Clone Wars. And finally, the war ended with the Outer Rim sieges and the death of the Separatist Council in Mustafar. So basically, they got invaded and occupied. So it didn't help things there. Uh, Then the Galactic Empire was formed, which increased, which increasingly attempted to take control of the Outer Rim, but they were never really able to completely conquer them. And they were instead uncontrolled by 
unsavory criminals like the Hutt Cartel, the Pike Syndicate, and the Black Sun. In the furthest reaches of the Outer Rim, the Empire barely bothered to patrol its territory, and local citizens' militias took it upon themselves to protect friendly convoys. Several rebel cells emerged throughout the Outer Rim territories and became embroiled in the Galactic Civil War, with the Alliance fleet dispersed across the region and the Empire fortifying the border of the Mid-Rim against the lawless and outlying system. <laughs> During this time, the Empire launched a crackdown on the Outer Rim to eliminate criminal syndicates, save for those allied with the Rebellion, and to drive out the rebels. After the Mid-Rim retreat, the Empire discovered the Rebellion's new base on Hoth and splintered the Rebellion mm -hmm. into fragments which spread across the Outer Rim. Following the Battle of Endor, the deaths of the Emperor and Darth Vader saw the fragmentation of Imperial authority, resulting in the gradual re retreat of Imperials out of Outer Rim space and continuing their history of being isolated from the Central Authority. So we basically spanned from... I went from oh, the yeah. Old Republic, so <laughs> like three, four thousand years. Yeah. Nice. And the movies covered a very small portion of that. Because right. the movies are spread over like 30 years, right? I think. Uh, including the prequels, yes. Yeah. And then the Mandalorian, I think, takes place in between five and six. Nope. Mandalorian's no after uh, six. Five years after six. So it's the formation so of the see, New Republic. Well, I just see some sort of comparison, like being like one of those like small little trading mm -hmm. uh, sectors in like Central Asia during like the rise and fall of various uh, empires or whatnot on either side, and you basically just get to be independent maybe there's some bandits or whatever but like if you've got enough money to pay people to guard your camels or whatever you're gonna be okay i mean george lucas did get a lot of his inspiration from old westerns and samurai movies mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so all right so the goal of the game is to accumulate enough fame to become a living legend fame represents stories of your deeds that have spread across the galaxy and how much other mercenaries fear and idolize you for a normal game, the fame goal is 10, but it recommends eight for your first game. So that's what we're going to do. Fame can be gained by completing goals on character cards and ship sheets, completing bounties and jobs, delivering illegal cargo, winning combat against level two or level three patrols, and using cards from the luxury market. Um, first player is chosen based on the player who rolls the most explosion icons yep. on the six yep, dice. There we go. <laughs> it's fa it's fantasy flight. So clearly we have D8s with special logos because every fantasy flight game has D8s with special fa uh, special logos. Um, so I think these are actually the same logos that we see in Star Wars Armada, Star Wars X-Wing, Star Wars Imperial Assault. So you're going to have a... Uh, a, a, a an, Explosion that's outlined, that's a critical hit. An explosion that's filled in, that's just a regular hit. And then like a little eyeball, and that's the focus symbol. Uh, so we'll roll all six dice, and the player who rolls the most explosions uh, will be the first player. They'll also get the pick of the first characters. And I did just look at the characters. Uh, we're not playing just rando people. They're all named characters from the movies, yeah. Um, and then it does say, even, so after the rule about first player and rolling dice, uh, this quote from the rule book, even though this game is about scoundrels and mercenaries, the game is structured in a fair and civilized way, <laughs> um, much like a lightsaber. Uh, play goes clockwise from the first player with each performing three steps in order. So in the planning step, you're going to choose one of the following actions. You can either move your character along the map. So you're going to move spaces connected by a path based on your ship's hyperdrive value. And you're going to stop your movement if you move into the maelstrom 
brainstorm space, which surrounds Kessel, uh, or into space with a patrol for a faction that you do not have positive reputation with. Uh, so that's one choice. Next choice is you can recover all the damage from your character and ship, or you can gain 2000 credits. So basically you do like odd jobs is how it's described. Uh, or you can resolve a card ability that you have with the planning keyword. So that's the planning step. In the action step, you can perform any number of the following actions. So you can trade. You can choose another player in your space and exchange bounties, cargo, crew, gear, jobs, and mods. Uh, you can't trade your ships. Uh, any number of cards can trade hands, and the trade does not have to be equal as long as both players agree to it. Credits can be traded anytime with any player, no matter where you are, um, and that you can also make future promises. But future promises are non-binding, uh, so be very careful. Uh, so that's option. That's one option. You could go to the market. So if you're on a planet, you can choose a market deck. So bounties, cargo, gear, jobs, mods, and ships, and you can. Uh, move the top card to the bottom of the deck and then reveal the next card. So that's a way to um, recycle cards in the uh, the market. Uh, you don't have to buy the next card that pops up and you don't have to do that action either. Uh, and then you can purchase a single card from any of those face up. You can only have a single card in each of the slots on your player board and ship sheet. So say you have a bounty or uh, a mod. If you bought another mod, you would have to replace the one that you already had. Um, and you can barter with items on your ship. So basically you can take stuff off your ship and use it to lower the cost equal to whatever the cost of that item is. And obviously you can't go below zero. So you can't show up to the store and say, hey, I'm going to give you all this. And now you're going to give me that and money. I uh, can't do that. Uh, and after purchasing or gaining a card from the market deck, we're going to reveal the next card. And if it has a patrol icon on it, then we're going to move that patrol for that faction the number of spaces listed on the card towards the current player's position. Uh, so that's option two. Option three is deliver. If you're at the destination for a cargo or a bounty, you can gain the reward and then put the card on the bottom of the appropriate deck. And then finally, you can resolve a card ability with the action keyword. So that's all the stuff for the action step. So then you move on to the encounter step. So you must choose one of the following options. You can encounter a patrol. Uh, if you're in a space with- You get to choose? Uh, yeah. Why would you encounter a patrol? Well, maybe because you want to... You want to fight the patrol. You want to fight it because if it's a level two or yeah. level three, you could gain fame from mm -hmm. defeating it. Uh, if you're in a space with a patrol for a faction you have a negative reputation with, you must choose this encounter. So there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fight the patrol. If you win, you gain the reward and lose reputation with that faction. If you lose, you move the patrol one space in any direction. Uh, so that's one option. Next option is encounter your space. So you can draw a card from the deck for the planet you're on or from the nav point deck if you're not on a planet. You can read the text matching your current condition and resolve it. Put it on the bottom of the deck when you're finished. If the card says secret, read it to yourself and don't read it out loud. Uh, and then you can encounter a contact. So you can choose one of the face down contacts on your current planet. Uh, retrieve the databank card. So there's sets of cards. So like you'll flip over the contact. It'll be like, you know, databank card 65. You'll pick up 65 and then we'll resolve whatever's on that card. Um, and then resolve a card ability with the encounter keywords. That's the last thing. 
All right, skill checks. So if you ever have to do a skill check, you're going to look on your character and crew member cards, and at the bottom, they will have skills listed. So if you ever have to do a skill check, it'll tell you which skills you have to use. If you have at least one of those tags, then when you roll the dice, uh, you have to get the critical hit icon. If you have two or more, or sorry, if you don't have that tag, that's when you need a critical hit to get a success. If you have one of that tag, you can uh, critical hits and hits are successes. And if you have two or more, then uh, anything but a blank side is a success. And you get to roll two dice. So you just have to get one success on those two dice. And then finally for combat, if it's ground combat, you're going to use your character's combat value. If it's space, you're going to use your space combat value. You're going to roll the number of dice equal to the combat value. And for each hit, it's one damage and each crit is two. Focus is no damage, but can be used for card abilities. Both sides take damage equal to your opponent's roll. If a winner is required, the player who causes the most damage is the winner, and the attacker wins in case of a tie. Uh, if your ship or your character ever suffers more damage than they can stand, so more hit points than you have or more hull points, you are defeated. You immediately lose 3,000 credits. You discard all your secrets. And in the next planning phase, you must choose the option to regain health. The game ends immediately when someone reaches the goal, which for us is going to be eight fame. Uh, there is no requirement for a tiebreaker because of that immediate ending. Let's go. Let's play. We just finished a game of Star Wars Outer Rim. To recap, uh, Kiwi as Boba Fett had one fame, BP as Jin Erso had five fame, and I as Dr. Afra won with eight fame. So what was your strategy? I think I mostly did jobs in cargo. I think that yep. was mostly what I did, and I got the big cargo ship. Yeah, I think all my fame came from uh doing my character goal which is multiple jobs doing jobs getting my car ship and then uh dropping off some cargo yeah and then mine were um i had boba fett and his goal was to return in bounty hunt bounties but the problem was is all of my bounties that i got were like always on the other side of the map (laughs) um so i had to like go to them and then get them and then turn them in and like i figured out where the one green like the the second one was, and it was again all the way on the other side of the map. Um, so you at least get to like check so you don't like reveal it to other people if they're also trying to do bounties. Uh, and you don't have to encounter them. I think that's the big part because mm-hmm. I would slow you down. But that's what I was trying to do, and it just never really worked out for me. Yeah, that's bounty hunting is a little trickier because you can't like I I would just cycle through cards until I found some in my area and do multiples at the same time. You can't yeah. really do and then, bounty hunting. Since I didn't do any jobs, I didn't have any money, so I couldn't buy a better ship mm. to like. You did eventually. Move. I did eventually, yeah, because yeah. I was able. Because that that once I turned in that first bounty that I did, the only bounty that I did. So, <laughs> uh, BP, did you have a strategy? I mean, kind of. I did play to my character as well, so I made sure I hit all the uh, imperial planets yep. and caused damage. Um. 
And then it was about acquiring crew and uh, then like, you know, getting the money and like getting jobs. Um, but apparently not fast enough. Yeah. And both of you guys were able to do your your personal goals and your ship goals once you upgrade once you bought a new ship. I mm-hmm. didn't I wasn't able to get either one. So the the one for the the fire spray, so Boba Fett's ship, uh, you had to fight another player mm-hmm. in ship combat. And then uh, you could flip over. You gained a fame. And you got to flip over your mm. your ship. Yeah, I think I think with your bounty hunting, that may bounty hunting may be more later game. So you may have wanted to do some cargo just to get because yeah. you mm. probably need the upgrades and stuff. And then just keep an eye out for people and note where they are. And then once you start getting the jobs, like taking the ones for where you know the people are and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. It seems yeah. like a different strategy, a little more yep. complicated than like. Doing jobs, Kiwi did try to make make a make a deal, make, make a deals. deal, yeah, to, to get some money. So I, I would have actually given you good information because that was a lot of money. You were, but I, yeah, uh, how do I know you were going to give me good information? But you I also just... I also didn't really care because it was on the other side of the map. So like I could have got it to you, but like it would have taken you forever to get there. So <laughs> that's why I wasn't super worried about it. All right. So the theme. Did you feel like scoundrels in the outer rim? No. I mean, obviously, I didn't feel like I was outer space, but did I feel like I was hunting and searching for like the perfect job and uh, the perfect bounty? Yeah. Yeah, I think some of I it mean, did. I felt like those things were definitely part of the objective and the mechanics. I mean, obviously, it's hard to be like, I'm in outer space in the outer rim. Like, I mean, right. But I did feel like as a scoundrel, right, you want that job that's going to make you popular with the certain groups you want to be popular with. And you definitely want to blow up those Imperial scum. Well, for your character. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think, I think it was a little hit, hit or miss. Cause like there, there were a couple points where I was like, Oh, I can't take this cargo. I'm headed in the other way. And I was like, that kind of felt like a, you know, I'm trying to plan out my job. So I'm going the right direction. So I thought that was kind of there were a couple. But was that Star Wars themed or was that pick up and deliver themed? That feels like a pick up and deliver problem to me, not a Star Wars problem. Yeah, but I mean, Star Wars, if you're a scoundrel, you'd be like, I can't take that job because it's it's over. The, like, I don't know. I think it's a little bit of like, especially like to me, like Star Wars is Jedi. And like, that's what most people would say is Star Wars. So this scoundrel side is a little bit more of like, you know. The low life stuff. BP coming after my Greedo crew and attacking mm-hmm. me and taking my my crew member for a bounty. Like, I don't know. That kind of fit the scoundrel theme of it, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is like I I felt like the Star Wars scoundrelly theme really came out in the art and the card text and all that kind of stuff. It, I could see other like I could see different art, different time period, different storyline, and we'd have the same game. That's what I'm saying. And I would have said the same thing about whatever that was. I would have Robin said, Hood. I don't. Yeah, it's like, all right. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm Robin Hood. That's what I'm saying. It's a bit hit or miss because there were some things that made me feel it. And then there's like things like the fact I think the factions were where they could have brought in a lot more of the Star Wars stuff. And they didn't really play that big of a role. I mean, like you said, I think your character is the only one who had like a specific or BPs had a specific like Imperial Rebellion take yeah. on it. But like, otherwise, yeah, you're just going to places. I think that's where they could have maybe made it a little bit more Star Wars. Sure. Um, table presence, Kiwi. Like, I like the art um, in Star Wars. So obviously I like it. But I, I do like the, you know, that 
the the semicircle of of planets and stuff like that seems interesting to me because it's definitely a different you know it's it's a different board we i don't think we've ever played a game with a board quite like this and the the modular bit is it comes in chunks so each of the each of the there's a pair of planets on each board Mm. so every game you could have a different like for us kessel was right in the middle but in a different game, Kessel could be on one mm. end or the other, which would kind of change up. That would be. It would be easier to get from left to yeah. right. I think Kessel being in the middle kind of, and maybe I have to look at game setup. Maybe Kessel is always in the middle. I don't know. But yeah, I, I think I would definitely stop because I'd see the Star Wars with the ship uh, boards and everybody with their cards splayed out. And, you know, it'd be interesting. I, I think I would stop. It, it has a nice table presence, I feel like. Yeah, BP. Would the Star Wars grab you? Yeah, so table presence for me, um, I was thinking about this early on, and I don't think, like, if I were walking by, I would necessarily stop, but I don't think that means that there's not pretty cool art on the cards or on the board. Um, Just because Star Wars may not grab me in the same manner that it grabs other people doesn't mean that there's still not a lot of really great things going on on uh, the cards. The, The one thing I will say with the card and with the card art and some of the rules is that and this is just a tabletop simulator. You wouldn't have the same problem in right like holding the cards is the upside down secret stuff. That is just a tabletop simulator thing. I think uh, otherwise, like, I think it's pretty cool. You get to see the stuff from the movie. You get to recall that information. Um, You know, the ships are cool and realistic. And so even though I'm not like a as hardcore of a Star Wars fan as many others, I'm still very into Star Wars. Um, And so like, Playing it, it's cool. Walking past it, I probably wouldn't just because I'd be like, oh, my God, another Star Wars game. But um, like the cards themselves were actually really clear, really cool art. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the board might even grab your attention. Now, if you don't like Star Wars, go, Ooh, what's that? Then you might be like, mm-hmm. oh, a Star Wars game. But I do think at least it's a little different in that it's not like, you know x-wing or or whatever where it's like ship minis and stuff so it's a little different than i feel like at least the current star wars games out there mm-hmm. um uh mechanics kiwi yeah i like um because i think i like pick up and deliver stuff so you know what you were saying before with you know figuring out like okay this doesn't make sense because i think we all had to make decisions on oh i'm heading mm-hmm. that direction anyway so i'll grab this that that makes sense um and i also liked the it it felt very heisty with some mm. of those cards. Like I think Eric, you had the the jewel of Yavin or something like that. And that one felt really cool where you like had to go through the different steps. I had to capture like some animal in one of mine. That's right. A stable. Uh, yeah. And so I liked the, you know, you do test, test, test. Mm-hmm. Some of them were like, if you fail, like the Kessel run, it was like, if you fail the step, you, f- you fail the encounter, but keep it. Cause you can try it again. Mm-hmm. And if you look at that card, if you get all the way down to the last one, you keep doing that last one, but you take damage to your ship every mm. time you fail. And so you could potentially get defeated if you make it that far. So I thought, I thought that was a pretty cool uh, mechanic to the, to the jobs. Um, yeah, I definitely got the pickup and deliver. I feel like there were, 
the modular, I guess that's because we it's didn't play rule, with yeah. it. Yeah. Because uh, I remember that um, the trading we really didn't do. Um, I know Kiwi tried to solicit me at one point, but. When you say it like that, it sounds real bad. <laughs> I know. That's why I said it I like was that. Boba Fett. <laughs> I think it's one of the things they throw in to be like, hey, this is allowed. You can talk and make right. deals and yeah, backstab. Yeah. And I, think- I mean, it would be fun. And I, I I like that part of the game because it really makes you start to get into your character and the variable player powers, which were definitely a part of it. Like, not just in who your character was, but who your ship was, who you hired as crew. So, like, all of those elements were definitely there. So, there was definitely that... I feel like there was a um, a mechanic. Oh my god, am I going to say this? A mechanic that wasn't listed. Well, yeah. In the take that, like in that you could um, either like you know completely sabotage people, or even like you know encounters like I did with Eric, where I was like, I'm gonna. You want to protect that crew member? Fine, let's go at it. You yeah. know. And like I had a card that I was able to do damage to other characters. Eric got a card mm-hmm. that he lowered your reputation with the huts. Right. So yeah, take that. I did also d- make a very there. fair trade for crew member for crew member that you did also denied. Well, yeah, I like I'm I'm loyal. I'm gonna. Um, I think the mechanics in like a, a sandbox game like this or a more open style game is like, is there? Does it all work together well? And is it like too much? Um which I did think it was a bit too much. It flowed pretty well, though. I think, like, I feel like with Great Western Legends, there was a lot of very different stuff. Like this, you're still doing jobs, the bounties, the encounters to get crew slash bounty, like, all that kind of made sense. But it was still a lot to deal with, especially when, um, like, the specifics when you get into it of, like, how do you deal with a bounty on somebody's crew? And how do you do player combat? And what about the patrols? So, mm-hmm. Compared to Western Legends, do you think it was, like, a Does that start more? to get into rules or mechanics? Well, I think we're in between the two. Yeah. yeah. Because I think on the mechanical stake was like, not so much was it hard to learn, but was it just too many mechanics? Or See, too many it, rules? Yeah, I thought it was less. I thought there was less things to do than Western Legends. Because Western Legends, there was like eight different buildings. I think yeah. the big thing is like, you could take almost any route between buildings. And this one, you were really, because there were a couple of times where people were like, oh, I'm not taking that. That's all the way on the other side of the, the map. Mm-hmm. It's not even worth it. The buildings had different abilities, whereas the planets here, they all just drew cards. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think rules, though, if you're going in between the two, then it was definitely very involved. But I can't remember Western. I mean, that was like, what, almost two years ago? And rules wise, the rule book. uh, So we were in the rule book a little bit, but just like Western Legends, I feel like a lot of it was like every time we did something new. We were in the rule book. I did have to Google one thing, the used ship card, because the way it was worded, it was kind of, I didn't really understand what it was saying. Um, But once I read, there was a BGG thread. Um, Once I read that, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And so that's the way we played it. Um, You know, I think think that's the big thing I think you're about to say too. I think in Western Legends, there wasn't a lot of wording on cards. There was just rules of the game that you had to experience and then do. Whereas this one had all those rules plus cards with wording that, may or may not have made a lot of sense. There were definitely some vagueness on the wording in the cards that just needed, yeah, some clarity. And I just think that's what made it feel a little bit more than Western Legends was also, in addition to all the rules, you also had cards to deal with. 
I think Fantasy Flight, like they do a decent job of rule books. Like their layouts are usually pretty good. I think like they do this thing where they have like a learn to play book and then they have like a rules reference book. Um, but sometimes it can be hard to find things. Like we had questions about the illegal cargo um, and it took me a little bit to find the information to figure out how we did illegal cargo. Um, but I think we eventually figured it out. So I, I think that like, I don't necessarily like that. I wish all the rules were in one place and then they just had a really good um, index so mm. that you can find things. Mm-hmm. Cause there's an index in the rules reference but other than that, like in the learn to play, it's it, that stuff's hard to find. Um, I did watch two videos, but I think even the videos didn't really touch on some of this. Like, I don't think either one that I watched touched on like the crew thing. Like, so BP got, you know, a bounty for Greedo, but Greedo was part of Eric's crew. So we did have to look that up. Um, and I, I feel like I was in the rule book a good amount mm-hmm. during the game. All right. Player interaction. Um there was none, and then there was a lot. <laughs> well, not a lot, right. but like the first, what, like, I don't know, three-fourths of the game, I don't think we really paid attention to what each other was doing at all, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then finally towards the end, like, Kiwi tried to strike up some deals. We had some cards that maybe impacted each other, and then, um, you know, BP did her her big raid to steal my crew member. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess there could have been more. I, th- I think it's like Western Legends. There probably could have been more if you were gunning for each other. Not necessarily. Yeah, I, think, I think it certainly depends on like, the cards that come out and the characters that you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the characters that we had just didn't really play into a strategy of going after other players. The cards we had definitely played into kind of doing your own thing. And then when the cards came up to do something else, we kind of went that direction too. So, yeah. And there were some like the one that just did two damage. Not not my favorite. I like player interaction that like BP attacking me that she had a player decision and she had to come after me. Mm-hmm. I geared up to try to fight her off. Like I like that kind of player interaction. But one that you just flip a card and is like you hurt somebody. It's kind of not my favorite. So those sure. ones yeah, yeah. were kind of meh. But yeah, no, I think I, I mean, I just I think we're all in agreement on that. But like, yeah, like, you know, it, it was a longish game. So I needed to feed the animals like so in between turns, I felt like I could reasonably leave there was the one time i had to leave for something and you diminished my reputation which obviously not a super fan but like i feel like for if you're looking at player interaction i would never have wanted to leave right at the table yeah yeah it's yeah there's just like mostly not player interaction until the occasional like take that moment yeah yeah would you play it again bp i actually would I know, right? <laughs> you don't have to uh, sound sad about it. Yeah, you don't have to sound sad about it. It's a really weird way to go about it. Um, I I want to be the best scoundrel. I don't know. My game persona is very different from my real life persona, and I I just I want. Yeah, I want to take down the empire. I want to be cool with all the with all the others. I want to like hustle it out there. Yeah, and I and I did feel like I was doing that. Like I I did. I picked up like sometimes just dumb jobs that were just really just hauling. Uh but I felt like always with this underlying secret mission of uh just by little increments helping uh the rebels. See, I'm the opposite. I don't want any. I just want to haul stuff. 
for no reason other than being a cargo hauler. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we need to do Merchants of Venus. I think it's just a big space pickup and deliver. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of in the Western Legends boats. I think I said yes on that. I'd say yes on this. It it still I still like the idea of sandbox games. I, mm-hmm. I just feel like this could have been toned down a bit. Like two things. I think the whole like patrols and factions like just didn't really play that much into the game. And maybe it was just our playthrough, but they were pretty insignificant. I felt like. Um, and then two is I wish there was more story in it. Like I wish, like maybe you had like quest chains that were like you know you had a mission and it was like a three part mission where you had to travel here and get cargo and then do a bounty Mm -hmm. and then i don't know like something that like made it more of like a uh, like you like your generoso could have had like a big take down the empire that was like you need to you know get refugees off and then smuggle weapons over to here and they could be like themed to the character and then more space opera yeah and like i don't really know my character but like boba fett like you just just trying to do bounties but it could have been I don't know, like a imagine like a, a four part bounty where you had to like go and do a mission here to hunt down something. I don't know. So something a little more story to it would have been more fun, I think. But overall, I, I still like the idea of the sandbox game. And of course, Scoundrels and Star, Star Wars. Wars is my, my favorite part. So uh, Kiwi. Yeah, I think I'm going to say yes as well. I agree with Eric. Like the idea of the sandbox game is really great. Um, I think what this has over Western Legends is just the Star Wars theme. Um, I thought they were both good games. Um, This one was pretty long. And so I think um, I might choose. I think Western Legends was there too. Yeah, Yeah, no, I agree. Yes. And I I think one of the reasons it is long is because it's open Sam. It's a sandbox game. Mm -hmm. And so you could do all kinds of things. I think if I'm going to go with a Star Wars game, though, I might play Armada instead because it just felt more Star Warsy. Well, yeah, it's a tactical combat. Yeah, it's a tactical combat oh, game. No. So I would say yeah. in terms of the yeah. theme, like compared to Western Legends, we like that one because it you had the poker thing. So there are a couple things that made mm-hmm. it like tied That's it into right. the cowboyness yeah, that more because you could steal cattle or drive cattle. That one still that one felt more a, a lot more thematic. Yep. Um, but I still think I would I think play. It's your version of like Star Wars. Like if you guys are just like this is going to be a space war battle. I, I mean, I get not... it's called Star Wars, but yeah, and I'm not saying it's bad. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just you know, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying but like that's what I'm saying. If they had more story that was maybe tied to the, if you're going to give us specific characters, give us a more story so that it feels more Star Warsy. I more think. thematic. Yeah, would have been sure. yeah. would have been the key there. Yeah, so I, I I would play it again. I, I don't think I'm, it's, it's going to get added to the the collection. Western Legends didn't get added to the yeah. collection. I, I think there's other longer games that I would rather play. Um, but I think in terms of the sandbox games we have played, I liked this one more than Western Legends, but I liked Western Legends a lot too. Yeah. So Kind of want to try, mo- again, want to try more of them, I feel like. Yep, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> And I will say it's a good sign when it's a long game. And when I ended it, people were like, oh, man, it's over. <laughs> like, yeah, so that's always a, <laughs> that's what I was. <laughs> most of our games that are over like three hours we're when like, they okay, end, it's like, oh, gosh. my God, finally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So that is Star Wars Outer Rim. If you have any recommendations that you would like to hear our impressions on, or if you just want our recommendations of things in general, I don't know. We'll give you any of our thoughts if you want them. Just send them our way at First Turn Tabletop. It's at Gmail. We are also at First Turn Cast on the Twitters and Instagram. 
<laughs> you guys don't like to put the podcasting camel in situations, but um, we're just going to say that the podcasting camel snuck onto the Millennium Falcon and he's got his his belt of right kind of like a Chewbacca belt on him and he's just like please don't forget to rate review and subscribe on your favorite podcatchers we look forward to hearing from you play more games so it's Dr. Evazan he doesn't like you I don't like you either I'm a wanted man in nine systems. Who's got the uh, X-Wing? It's not a, it's a Z95 Headhunter. That's right. It is a Z95 Headhunter. It's made by the same company. Yes, these are things that Eric and I know. <laughs> you have zero fame. Correct, BP. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> well, once I can get to Mon Calamari. Yeah, sure, then you keep telling. You. Can-